Hello, friends. Pastor Tim Westermeyer here, senior pastor of St. Philip the Deacon in the western suburbs of Minneapolis. We're doing something a little different for this week's episode. Instead of me talking to you only, I have three guests uh, from around the world. We've got Dave from Japan. We've got Alton from the Toronto area. And we've got Miguel from Southern California. Uh, All of them are people who I've gotten to know over the last couple of years uh, through watches. And um, I'll explain that connection and how we got to know each other a little more in a second. But maybe if I might turn to each of you, um, this seems like an easy way to enter into the pool. And I'm going to, why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit and tell us what watch you're wearing tonight. We'll do a little wrist check to start our conversation. How does that sound? And maybe I'll, uh, Dave, since you're the furthest away, why don't we start with you? Sure. Hey, everybody. My name is Dave Robison, and I am actually in Japan. So I'm a missionary over here uh, working with some Japanese Baptist churches and trying to start a new one in one of the cities that was hit by the tsunami back in 2011. So we've been here for uh, about 10 years now. I am currently wearing a Notice Sector Pilot. So this is a dual time watch. So this is a fun one for when I'm connecting with friends from other parts of the world in different time zones to keep track of when the start time is. So it's really good to be here today. Love it. All right. Um, let's go to you, Miguel. I think that, are we going, I don't know how we're going around the world, but let's go to you next. Southern California. Yeah, Miguel, Southern California. I started my YouTube channel a little, uh, about four years ago, and, and I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm wearing the latest acquisition, and we could talk about grails and whatnot, but it's the Rolex GMT BLNR, Batgirl, whatever people call it. So very fortunate to own this, and I have all kinds of watches in my collection. And I know some people hate Rolex, some people love Rolex, but to me, it's just it's just a watch, right? <laughs> but it's, it's more than that because of my personal goals and aspirations. But yeah, I'm very excited to be here with you guys. So. Love it. Awesome. Thank you. And then Alton, uh, how about you? Yes, I am in a very different climate than Miguel, and I imagine Dave <laughs> as well. Uh, although I will say, being two hours north of Toronto, we actually haven't had that much snow this year. So we're pretty happy mm-hmm. about that. Although the, the farmers and the ski hill operators are less thrilled with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am wearing a Christopher nice. Ward GMT. This is my favorite watch. And it's one that I just happened to be wearing for the last three days. So I didn't really give any thought to that. Maybe I should have. Okay. And that, Alton, I don't know if you remember this. We've talked about that watch. That specific watch was what I would consider my first real watch, actually. And I'm a bit of a Christopher Ward fanboy. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. I don't wear that watch a ton. But that was the one that sort of sent me down the rabbit hole of watch collecting. Um, so I'm Tim uh, here in Plymouth, Minnesota, western suburb of Minneapolis, and I am wearing um, both, well, I guess Miguel for you and for you, Dave, mostly. I'm wearing my uh, SPB 143. Beautiful. Miguel, I believe you have some history with that. And uh, since Absolutely. it's a Seiko, Dave, I thought I would do it in mm-hmm. honor of, oh, you've got one there Absolutely. too. Nice. Um, all right. So l- let me just back up a little and explain <laughs> what the heck a pastor in Plymouth is doing talking to three watch YouTubers <laughs> from around the world. And um, 
It goes back, honestly, to July of 2021 um, when a very well-known watch YouTuber named Jody, who's in Australia, um, ended up getting, his, his whole channel got taken down by YouTube uh, for reasons which were unclear, and I'm still not sure they are clear today. It, they were he, His channel was brought back up very quickly, as all of you know, but in the 24 hours after his channel was taken down, the whole watch community around the world sort of rose up in support of him. And I taped a YouTube episode, and it was episode number 124. Um, I remember it very clearly. I was sitting in this very chair, and um, I said to Tim, and by the way, Tim, thank you as always for all your help. He's behind the camera tonight. Um, I sat down in the chair and I said, you know, Tim, today we're going to do something a little different. And I will tell you, I felt very uncomfortable doing it. I really did. But I, I said, we're going to talk about watches. And I and I ended up actually talking about, and we could, we'll link to this, I suppose. I ended up talking about watches in the context of community, which is part of what I wanted to discuss with all of you tonight. Um, and through that, Dave ended up picking up that video and sharing it on his YouTube mm. community. Mm-hmm. Miguel, you commented on it. I That's don't know if true. you remember that. I was just checking yeah, out the comments again. Um, Sanjay from from another channel, Engineer Wannabe, Engineer Wannabe, commented on it. I ended up getting connected to Sanjay, who couldn't be with us tonight, uh, by the way. Oh. And he, what I, I I was on his uh, podcast once or twice. I can't remember. And Alton, your name came up, but that in in that context. <laughs> And Sanjay shared with me that you were a pastor, which I did not realize. Um, and so that here we are now, uh, whatever, a couple years later, and um, it has been a joy to get connected to different people like all of you. Dave, you you came to Plymouth, actually, to speak for a lecture series I do. Yeah. You sat in this very studio. We taped an episode, an interview face-to-face, which we'll also link to. Um, so anyway, that's how we got here. And just last week, I thought, you know, we're focusing a lot here at the church I serve on community. Maybe we could do a conversation about exactly that as it relates to watches. So I'm going to tee it up with a few different quotes, and then I'm going to just ask all of you to riff on that and say whatever is you're, you're moved by. I, people who know me know that I love C.S. Lewis. So there are a couple of quotes from him about friendship. Um, one of them comes from The Four Loves, <clears throat> and he says, friendship... Uh, is something like, what? You too? I thought I was the only one, right? So when I sat down to tape that episode 124, um, I kind of thought, this is so silly and trivial and unimportant. Why would a pastor talk about watches? What's wrong with you, Tim? But what came out of that, by disclosing that, by being, I'll say, vulnerable about it, was relationships, friendships. And other people who also love watches sort of came out of the woodwork and, and said, oh, me too. In another place, this is in his autobiography, uh, Lewis says, um, he tells the story, this is kind of famous, when he was a, a younger person, he, there was a friend of his who was sick, and he went over, sort of was forced to go visit him while he was convalescing. And Lewis loved a particular kind of, kind of poetry. And um, he goes to visit this guy in his house, and he sees the poetry on the guy's bedstand, and he says exactly that. He says, do you like that too? And they were immediate, fast friends, right? And um, 
the the quote from Jody, the quote from Winnie the Pooh, I guess, is it isn't much good having anything exciting if you can't share it with someone. I think that is a truth, a spiritual truth. You know, we have God gives us beautiful things and relationships and being able to share them with people who are close to us is important and meaningful. And then finally, and then I'll be quiet. Um, sorry for the long tea up here. That that episode 124 I mentioned where I was talking about Jody's YouTube channel being taken down, here's, here's what he said in response to it. He commented on it. Thank you so much for your concern and support. There is indeed a lesson here on the power and strength of community. I've been really touched and humbled by the many people, most complete strangers apart from our common love of watches, who were there for me in a time of trouble, something I won't forget. So that's a long tee up for, again, one of the beautiful things about watches for me is that they've brought me in connection in relationship with other people who have this quirky love. So any responses to any of that? I don't know. How do you get, what, do, you, do you ever think about that? Is that something that you think is important? And now I'm going to be quiet. Uh, let me start with this because I want to thank somebody publicly and that's Dave. Thanks to Dave. I had about 80 subscribers on my YouTube channel and he made a video and I've talked about this many times and I will continue to sing uh, <laughs> praises to him because he basically, he didn't have to, I didn't even know who he was. Well, actually I followed him, but I didn't know that he knew who I was. So he featured me along with some other uh, content creators that literally had less than 100 subscribers and said, hey, these are some YouTube channels to follow. So that day alone, I got a bunch of new subscribers. But furthermore, I became friends with uh, P. Ross, which I did uh, a podcast with for three years. We kind of put that on pause. But from that, a bunch of different relationships just kind of build. And, and, and I agree with you 100%. Uh, the watch community has opened so many doors into just different things, man. I've built some really strong relationships with people and, and uh, business uh, stuff as well, right? So, and opportunities for reviewing watches and whatnot. So it's, it's awesome. Uh, if it wasn't for watches and, and YouTube, I don't know that I could have ever met Dave in Japan or Alton in Canada or you, you know? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I think, I think it definitely goes both ways there. I mean, it's been such a, a huge blessing for me as well to get to know guys like Miguel and Alton and Tim. I've gotten to know all of you through watches and YouTube. And I think, you know, I think that idea of, you know, these interests forming communities is just really, um, really a, an interesting one to me. And I think it's so true. Um, you know, I think particularly for me living in Japan, you know, it's, I, I, you know, I, I try to have a, a community here of people in Japan, obviously, that I know, that I uh, spend time with. But there's something about having a community of, you know, English-speaking people who speak your own language. And that's something that, you know, coming to a foreign country, uh, living here in Japan, that I don't really get. I don't have a lot of native English-speaking friends that I see every day in real life. And that's one thing that I never expected starting a YouTube channel about watches, that it would connect to me. Um, with so many people uh, that have that shared interest. And yeah, it really has become a sort of community for me. My, the, the people that I speak English with um, the most or some of the most are, are my watch friends that I've met through YouTube, um, either through chats or uh, comments, um, things like that going on. And you know, just for a bit, it's just been such a huge encouragement to have friends that I've met 
through this uh, that, yeah, that just on a daily basis, I can have something to chat about and look forward to and get up in the morning and open, you know, Instagram and see my DMs and stuff and have a a little uh, conversation with other people around the world in English has been just really encouraging. I think a big part of me being able to continue to function over here in Japan because I'm in a really small town. Again, very few other native English speakers. Uh, and I think otherwise it could get a little bit, uh, a little bit lonely. So it's been, yeah, it's been great because of that. Mm. Yeah, about six and by the or way, seven I, it, years it, ago. Sorry. You'll go ahead, Alden. Thought sorry, it was no, my yeah. turn. <laughs> it, it is your turn. It is your turn. Yes. I was going to just interrupt <laughs> no. and say, I forgot to mention that Dave's a missionary in Alton. If it's not obvious from his uh, attire tonight is actually a pastor. Um, and and now over to you, Pastor Alton. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Actually, it's Reverend, if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. Uh, I wore this today because uh, I bet you most people who know my channel have no idea that I'm a pastor, and uh, I thought they might get a kick out of it, out of it if they saw this. Because uh, normally I'm in a hoodie or a T-shirt or something that Dave's printed and sold to me. So uh, uh, six or seven years ago, I bought a Timex Weekender for $35 off Amazon because I hadn't worn a watch in 20 years and I really wanted to give it a try. And uh, after about a year, I had a, a collection of watches that I was taking pictures of. And I thought, my wife is going to leave me if I don't talk to someone else about watches and and just the look on her her face the, her eyes would glaze over she'd not she slept so well back in those days so i started an instagram account started posting pictures of my seikos and my timex and that kind of thing and and then i thought well you know this has been a lot of fun maybe i can uh shoot some other watches but i don't i can't afford to buy a new watch every week so i started a youtube channel and uh, the best part about that was not getting to see different watches from different brands all the time, but the people that I've I've met. I've met so many awesome people. Uh, we did Collection Conundrum. Uh, that was a game show that uh, Shane from Relative Time and, and Dave and I uh, put on. So I met Jody and met a lot of different cool people through that. Uh, Miguel P. Ross had me on their podcast years ago. You know, it's crazy to think about how long ago it was now. Yep. And and so my my channel is small, and I put way too much work in each video for the amount of views it gets. But the community is just so much fun, and that shared passion is so great that I, I just want to keep doing it. And in many ways, it's it's uh, a microcosm of the church, right? We have we have something in common that we rally around. Now, of course, for me, Jesus is a little more profound than a Timex, but. Still, the community aspect is the same. When you rally around something that's meaningful to you and interests you, then you've got community. Mm-hmm. And related to that, you know, again, uh, in addition to the three of you, I've gotten to know through uh, the watch interest people in Australia, uh, people in Ireland, people in uh, Texas, um, other people in Canada, and and. Um, it strikes me that that never would have happened, of course, without technology. So part of what was implied in all of your answers is the way technology helps to draw us together. I don't know if you want to say anything more about that. Um, it, clearly, I think there are some challenges with tech, technology as well. But any thoughts about how, how technology has allowed us to make connections like this in a way that it wouldn't have 
I, I never dreamed I would be in touch with people as a pastor um, around the world three, four, five years ago, and yet here I am connecting with lots of people that way. I don't know. Does that spur any thoughts from either of you, any of you? Absolutely. We use a lot of technology in, in our worship service in order to keep people's attention these days. You have to use technology. People are visual learners. And the YouTube generation, well, the TikTok generation, they think in seven-second increments. So uh, if you can try to, to twin uh, an image, a video with the words that you're speaking, it really definitely helps. And I'll tell you, I will uh, put out a video on watches and get a thousand views overnight. My Sunday sermon does not get the same kind of views <laughs> by Monday morning. Um, but there's one really cool thing that I've been doing is uh, putting on digital shorts, putting on, taking the sermon, grabbing 60 seconds of something interesting, which is usually pretty much all I can get out of my 20 minute sermon and uh, putting it on YouTube in a 60 second short and, and sometimes the algorithm will pick it up and it'll pump it out to 20, mm -hmm. 30,000 people. Wow. And so anything you can do to get your reach out there just a little bit further uh, to try to bring the gospel to people who need to hear good news. Dave or Miguel? Yeah, I mean, that's been definitely true for me too. Again, especially, you know, kind of leaving my home country and being disconnected from so many people. Um, I think technology has really made it a lot more easy to keep in touch with previous relationships as well as build new relationships like this, um, even on platforms that I didn't expect would do that. I mean, you would think, you know, things like email and, you know, instant messaging with friends that you know would be one way, but even more public facing things like YouTube and Instagram um, has proven to be a way to get to know you new people because that's how I got to know all three of you is over YouTube or Instagram or these other channels um, that, you know, I wasn't really that active on six or seven years ago. It's all kind of newer for me too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been amazing to see the relationships that have come uh, through technology. And I think, you know, I think we see a lot of the negative aspects of technology nowadays, but mm -hmm. you know, there's so many positive things as well. And um, the way that it can facilitate relationships is really cool. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I, I completely agree with that, especially when back in the day, right, if you wanted to make a phone call or communicate with somebody overseas, it was so expensive, yeah. right? And you were watching every second, like, all right, well, are you okay? Doing good? Okay, bye. See you later. And now you could have, I mean, calls on Instagram, right? Or, or Zoom yeah. or whatever. And it just makes things so much easier. And obviously, I can't speak to the whole church aspect because I'm a goer, but I'm not part of the church church like you guys are. But I am on YouTube and, and do talk to a lot of people. And it's just incredible that I'm able to communicate with people from Japan or Australia or whatever. And it's just crazy to me. I'm like, I know people from places that I've <laughs> I never even imagined, you know. But yeah, technology is definitely amazing and has change things for the better. All right. So <laughs> we were all chatting before we started this. And by the way, my internet connection is super unstable. I hope you all can still hear me. I'm glad we decided to tape this separately because <laughs> this would have sounded and looked terrible if we were using the Zoom call. But we're going to try to wrap it up in the next eight minutes or so. So I'm going to, I want to, I want you each to say, uh, I'm going to combine two, two questions kind of. One is a really maybe mind-numbingly simple one, but I think it's one that isn't asked a lot, and that is why do you like watches or what drew you to watches to the degree you can articulate that? Because I think that's something 
that we don't talk a lot about? And then two, is there a story about a particular watch or uh, getting a watch or a person who is connected to a watch that you think of as sort of summing up in some way your, I don't know, interest in the hobby? So uh, maybe let's go, uh, I don't know, Miguel, do you want to lead us off with that? Yep. So. Why do you like watches and a story about a watch or a, a yeah, absolutely. person so related to a watch? I, I was a car guy growing up, right? So always very, uh, very much love that. But once my son was born, I unfortunately had to kind of get out of the hobby because I was spending way too much <laughs> money on <laughs> fixing up my cars. And it was mostly Hondas, right? So <laughs> Hondas and putting rims and lowering and all this kind of car culture. I grew up around Fast and the Furious and all that stuff, especially here in L.A., right? That was that was me. So mm -hmm. I got out of that and something about watches really drew me in from the micro mechanics aspect as far uh, as the mechanics go, but also the aesthetic aspect, right? And, and thinking that you could have open up your watch box and have all these cool little things that you could change and wear and make you feel a different way. That was super, super cool to me. Uh, now, as far as a special watch for me, there was a watch. There's a reason why I started my YouTube channel, m several reasons. But one of them was because my wife was tired of me uh, hearing talking, talking about watches all the time. Right. She was just like, you talk about that too much. <laughs> and I asked her, I said, what do you think the chances are of me ever owning a Rolex? And she goes, you're crazy. We're not rich. I was like, yeah, I guess. But. You know, I work hard and you work hard. So what are the chances of me owning a Rolex? She's like, look, if you could figure out how to make money on your own, just don't pull it from your job or my job. I'm cool. So I kind of sat there and said, how am I going to do this? Right. So I started a YouTube channel and my goal was to own a Rolex. And it took four years, a hmm. lot of work. I became a little more proficient with my videography, my photography, started doing things outside of YouTube, working for companies, getting paid either with money or with watches. And last year, I was finally able to own a Rolex. Well, actually, this was my first one, the Rolex Explorer one. And when this happened, I felt like I was just living the dream, right? But my goal really was to own the Samariner, and I was able to make that happen as well. And it's all because of YouTube. So all these Rolexes that you see, and I'm not showing off. Mm -hmm. This is just to show everybody out there that if you're determined to do something, you can do it. And all this, all my collection, zero money out of my personal account. It's all through YouTube and my hobby because I had a goal, and my wife told me I could not spend our money on this. So... I just kind of made it my goal. And obviously now these are all heirlooms and they're going to go to my son and I'm going to continue. And it's not about a flex or none. I don't care about that. No, my own family doesn't even know that I own these yet. The world does. Right. It's kind of funny. But anyway, that's I hope yeah. that explains it. I'm sorry. <laughs> they do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. OK, Alton, how about you next? <laughs> Can you can you re, can re summarize the question? I was so engrossed in what oh. Miguel was talking about. I totally forgot the question. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, why do you like watches? Why do you oh, like yeah, watches? Yeah. yeah. And is there some particular story about a watch or a uh, the hunt for a watch or a relationship because of a watch that you think yeah, of yeah, that sure. sort of summarizes? Yeah, no, I was just enjoying the Miguel story. Uh, and I and I've mm. I've walked this journey with him a little bit, you know, through the past number of years watching his channel grow and watching him get, you know, his, his Seiko and then flipping it and getting something more and working his way through and it's just cool to see it it pay off. Uh the reason that I like watches is because they're shiny 
and they're metal, and sometimes they move, <laughs> and they, uh, they the can be too. pretty, <laughs> and they yeah. glow in the dark. Uh, you can't see on on this camera, but on this one you'll see my Transformers collection behind me, some of them in Lego. So I am a giant child at heart, and I don't know, I like cars I too, it. but like Miguel, have kids and can't really afford to do that anymore. Uh, so, mm. yeah, I don't know. I just They're just fun. They're a lot of fun. Uh, a story. Mm. So I got a, a text message about three weeks ago from a friend. His name is Dan. He's the Presbyterian Minister in Concordia, Ontario. Shout out, Dan, if you watch this. And he said, I was surfing YouTube, and all of a sudden I saw your face on the screen. And I hadn't seen Dan in probably 13 years since I left Toronto. Uh, I haven't seen him in a while. And, he, and he, sa I, he said, yeah, I'm really into watches. He started texting me about watches. He said, let's meet up. He drove, drove an hour and 45 minutes, and I drove an hour, and we kind of met almost in the middle. And, uh, and we, he brought about 18 watches in various watch rolls. Uh, Zelos is really good at giving those watch rolls out. So, yeah, I've got a bunch here. He loaned me three watches to uh, review, so mm. I'm excited about checking those out. And, yeah, we went out for Very lunch cool. and just talked watches. Hadn't seen him since really, like, um, just before seminary days or around seminary days. So it's pretty cool to, to you know, come together over that shared thing. Love it. Very cool. All right. Dave, how about you? Answer to why I like watches, probably similar to Alton's. Um, yeah, I, I was always interested in technology growing up, and I think it kind of grew out of that. Uh, and as I got more into learning about watches, I think I became particularly fascinated with the idea of mechanical watches and the idea that this is a sort of technology, but it's kind of an obsolete one that still actually works. Like the idea that you can have something that is very practical and functional that doesn't rely on a battery or a microchip or anything like that um, just seems so cool to me. Uh, and then just also being able to see the mechanics inside, just really fascinated by that. Um, and yeah, so that's that's kind of what got me into it. I think actually I started wearing, you know, I used to wear watches as a kid and then I started wearing a smartwatch and it was actually like, through wearing the smartwatch that got me back into wearing watches again. Like I had stopped for a while and switched to only using a cell phone, um, but having a smartwatch on my wrist, uh, I liked that. And then I thought, hey, I, maybe I should get like a dress watch for when I need to get up and preach a sermon or something because this smartwatch doesn't really match wearing a, a suit or more formal attire. And yeah, it was kind of a, a slippery slope from there. Um, as far as a story about watches or a particular watch, um, I think I'm going to go back to the community aspect again because, um, I mean, I could, I could tell a story about how I met each one of you is an interesting story about watches, and that would do it. Uh, but one, I'll go with a, a new one. Um, so you know, I've been doing the YouTube channel for a while, and I got an email out of the blue one day from some guy who saw one of my videos, and he said, hey, I'm about to go on a trip to Japan. Do you recommend any JDM watches I pick up while I'm there? And just as a, um, like almost as an afterthought, he, he mentioned in the email, oh, I'm also a Christian. I go to such and such a church. And I was kind of surprised that he mentioned that, but the church that he mentioned, uh, he, he, he said the city that was in, and it was actually really close to my hometown. 
So I was interested in that, mm. uh, particularly because I was about to go back to the States and visit my family and do some reporting uh, with churches. And so I emailed back and said, hey, that's really cool. Um, that's, you know, I'm from such and such a town, Southern California, and that's you know, close by. Uh, that's really interesting. He emailed back almost instantly and said, I'm going to talk to my pastor and see if you can come visit our church and share about your mission in Japan. Um, and so after a couple of emails back and forth, next thing I knew when we headed back to the States that summer, I was at his church, um, got to meet him for the first time. And, you know, we immediately were looking at the watches each of us were wearing on our wrists. Um, turns out his wife is also Japanese. So his kids are half Japanese, just like my kids. Families hit it off really well. Like the whole time our kids were playing together, our wives were chatting together in Japanese. We were talking together, you know, about watches. Uh, and so it's just really cool. And, you know, we're getting ready to go back to the States again. We'll probably get to get to see him again that time. But yeah, it was, again, these weird connections that I never would have expected, you know, talking about watches or, or having an interest in watches um, would facilitate relationships like that and getting to know people like that. Um, and I just thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And I'll <clears throat> maybe just finish it off by saying, I don't know if I can explain why I'm fascinated by watches, but I definitely am. And I would include some of what each of you said about it as well. It's There's sort of the mechanics of it. There's the aesthetics of it. There's the simplicity of it. I mean, they're not – there are certain things that every watch has to have, and yet the variety is almost infinite. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I have actually a few stories, I guess. I'll make them real quick. One is my dad gave me a um, – pocket watch that his, I think, great-grandfather had. It's nothing fancy. It's an Elgin made in Illinois, I think, which is the state I was born in. And so knowing something about the history of that and just having it is super cool. My dad's still living, um, but he gave it to me earlier this year. Um, later this year, uh, in the next couple months, my oldest son's getting married. And so all three of my sons and I are getting matching uh, Christopher Ward watches actually. So this is their Dune in nice. sand, it, and I, you know, that's the kind of thing that it, it's going to be a really cool memento to mark the day that we all share. It's engraved with all of our initials on the back, so that's going to be really meaningful as we go forward. Just purely in terms of sort of horological. Um, interest though the coolest thing that's ever happened to me as it relates to watches sort of in that sense in 2022 we went to new my wife and i and our youngest son went to new york to go to wind up watch fair um my son was checking out school out there and uh, we happened to be the, the calendar aligned and i said to my wife a few of us have brought up our wives tonight i said hey <laughs> let's just spend a little time at this crazy thing called the wind-up watch fair um, <clears throat> and she put up with it my son put up with it <laughs> and I, we'll throw a photo up of this um, that was the day before Miguel you were actually going to interview Mike France earlier that day and the internet yeah. speaking of the internet <laughs> m got messed up and it didn't work but I got yeah. to see him that day and he showed me before they had announced it uh, uh, the prototype of the bel canto which I assume you all know is absolutely yeah, blown up. It 100%. won the Oscar for the, you know, the Watch Awards last year, um, and that is, I don't know. That was just super cool to be able to see something before Christopher Ward knew what was going to happen with it either. Right? They're like, well, it's a limited edition. We'll see if this works, and then they sold out in about I don't know an hour. I don't remember the actual time, and 
Um, anyway, that was super cool too. So, all right. Um, final thoughts from any of you. I, again, I wasn't quite sure what what would happen here tonight. I just had this instinct that you know what, I'd like to convene a few people and talk about friendship and community and watches. I'm so grateful that you each were willing to go on this strange <laughs> experiment. So thanks for your time. But before we sign off, any uh, sort of final thoughts from any of you, uh, assuming my internet doesn't totally blow up here? Yeah, it's just always uh, always a good time to get to come on and talk with you, Tim. And yeah, always good to see Alton and Miguel again as well. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, just same here. Just thank you, Tim, and thank you guys for always being there and being uh, friends and, and collaborating with each other. We've done a few things, and hopefully this won't be the last collaboration, and it's awesome. Yeah, anytime there's an opportunity to do something like this, I'm pretty hesitant to say no because it's just so much fun, and it's good to see people and get to them, know them a little bit yeah. better. So, yeah, thanks for inviting us all on, Tim. Much appreciated. Yeah, you're welcome. And Alton, I'm gonna your next video. I want to see you wearing that shirt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I already struggled to get subscribers, so maybe I won't do that. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna sign off here. Hang hang tight for two seconds, gentlemen, and I'll come back and say goodbye to y'all. But to all of you who have watched this, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad you joined us for this fun conversation about watches and community. And as always, be well, stay in touch, and God bless text maybe we should have just recorded the zoom call <laughs> it's all good recording audio uh, check audio test okay good conversation and thanks again for doing this guys this is super fun i'm glad it worked out hey, i hope we're all saying the same thing 30 minutes from now yeah <clears throat> i'm having fun so far good <laughs>